Hi, I'm Mark Renner. This is Victory Over Sin. My name is Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. What we attempt to do in the first part of the show is to share with you who funds us and what we're attempting to do. Victory Over Sin is actually funded by an advocacy arm of St. Vincent de Paul of Southwest Idaho. And what we attempt to do is to share with you, the listener, what it's like to be in prison and to come out of in prison and to learn to adjust to come back into community. We do that in several different ways, but certainly one of them is this radio show, which we've been doing for almost six years. If you're looking to find out anything about the Department of Corrections and those who work with people coming out of prison, you can go to the archives of KBXL where you have all the rest of the shows, or you can go to where you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Amazon, Google, iHeartRadio. All of those have the listings of all our past shows, and you will find a litany of resources there. We've had governors on there. We've had senators on there. We've had directors of the Department of Corrections. It's a good body of work, if you will, to understand what happens in Idaho with the Department of Corrections. We're proud of that. Please go back and take a look at it. In addition to that, we also do a PowerPoint presentation that we're happy to share with your business group, with your church, with your neighborhood association, whatever you would like. And it is a 20-minute PowerPoint in which a returning citizen actually comes out, shows the PowerPoint, and then answers questions about being on parole and kind of blending back into community. We're proud of that also. At the end of the show, I'll let you know how to get in touch with me. And if you need any of those things or you need more information about what we do or about this field, I'll be happy to help with that. If you've been listening to me over the past couple of years, you know that the work we do is certainly expanding and we're getting more influential as we kind of expand with that too. We now have two locations that greet people as they come out of incarceration. The main one is at 3217 West Overland Road in Boise, Idaho. That office is open 9 to 12, Monday through Friday. We try to be that first stop for anyone coming out of incarceration. You can come by there, we'll get you bus passes, food, we'll get you clothing vouchers, connect you up with links to employment. I got a really strong employment program now that's setting up and doing great things. We do the same thing in Caldwell out of the probation and parole office at District 3, which is located at 3110 Cleveland Boulevard in Caldwell. So if you go into the parole office over there and you say St. Vincent de Paul, they'll direct you back to that office there. Uh, We're excited about the future and things that are coming up for us this year. We've got some grants in the process that hopefully are going to expand the services that we do and make us certainly more responsive to the needs of people coming out of incarceration. We're excited about all that. If you need information about that, you can go to www.svdpid.org, click on reentry, and you should have most of those answers. I've got an old friend in the 
studio today who we get to talk about, and I will be right back to introduce you to him, and we'll get started. Idaho has an incarceration rate of 761 to 100,000 people, including prisons, jails, immigration detention, and juvenile justice facilities, meaning that it locks up a higher percentage of its people than any democracy on earth. Compare that to the United States, 664 people per 100,000, Canada's 104 people per 100,000, and Norway's 54 people per 100,000. What about our parole system? In 2019, Prison Policy Initiative graded each of the 50 states for their parole system. Idaho received a grade of F. How do we change this? We need your involvement, and we need your story. More importantly, you must tell it. Your Christian voice can support the need to change. Reach out to us and get involved. At the end of the show, Mark will share his contact information, or you can call the radio station, KBXL one The Voice, and ask for links to Mark Rank. Okay, this afternoon, uh, I'm happy to have a friend that I don't get to talk to all the time, but I do every once in a while, but known him for a few years now. Terrence Scherer is here, and Terrence is the Recovery Program Coordinator for Interfaith Sanctuary and Housing. I guess housing is what it yeah, is, Interfaith yeah. Sanctuary. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, thanks, Mark. It's nice to be here. Nice yeah, to be here with yeah. you. So. Uh, tell us a little bit about Terrence, where you come from, and how you ended up... Uh, oh, wow. Well, it's such a long Idaho. journey. Idaho. I'm, I'm surprised I made it this long. Um I was born in Detroit, Michigan, 1967, riots, right? Um, lived in Salt Lake for a lot of years. Um, developed a pretty good, uh, you know, addiction habits uh, during my younger years. And, uh, you know, found myself in and out of jail and in prison. And, and uh, you know, I did the, uh, I did everything that, you know, my mother told me not to do. <laughs> you did, did you, were you incarcerated in other states other than? Uh, uh, yeah, I did quite a bit of jail time in Salt Lake, in and Salt out Lake. down there, yeah. I probably did about 10 years in jail time down there out of 15 years or something, so. So it was just jail time, it wasn't uh, actually no. penitentiary time? No, Because when I ran across you, I know you were out of the state system here in Idaho. Yeah, okay? yeah. So you've gotten to experience that. Yeah, that absolutely. That experience system. Absolutely. I went into the... Uh, Possession of a stolen vehicle. I was uh, high on methamphetamine, and I came through Idaho on my way to Montana and uh, didn't make it. And uh, I was done. I was finished. I was, uh, you know, I was ready to surrender, yeah. basically. I didn't know how I was going to do it. Didn't know what was going to happen. Got sentenced, went through their TC. And, uh, oh, did uh, you go through the TC program? Yeah, I went through the RSAT program over there. Oh, uh, yeah, that's And uh, I came out of the work program, and I decided I was going to parole to Boise because I didn't know anybody in Boise. Boise. And I figured, oh, this is a pretty nice little town. It's okay. It's a pretty slow pace, and I can maybe get my poop in a scoop, so to say, right? Yeah. And uh, so I, you know, I paroled in Boise, and, uh, you know, I came out and had to do 90 meetings in 90 days, and I did 180 probably in 100 days, and... uh, you know, I had to go to. Uh, is that where it clicked? Is that where it clicked for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it was kind of you know hard work, right? right? I I came out and and I had a lot of stuff stacked against me. I was fifty thousand dollars behind in child support, and my first paycheck out of out of prison, they they took half my paycheck, and right. I made four hundred dollars a month. My rent was four hundred dollars a month. My phone was twenty five, and you know, cigarettes or anything else that I might want uh, yeah. were extras, and I I didn't have the money for that, so I had to early hustle and work two jobs and do all my treatment. But I, I knew that if I stayed connected with my resources, with the people that I, that I worked with, that, that I'd be successful. Um, and I worked in a lot of restaurants for years and years and years. And, uh, you know, 
working in a restaurant's like working in a pirate ship. Right. I always had to go in and tell them that, you know, hey, I'm in sobriety and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, yep, I, yep, I'm, yep. I don't want to smoke weed with you in the walk in or drink with you after work or thanks, bartender. You know, I don't need a drink here on the line or anything else like that. So um, but, you know, I worked really hard and uh, got married and, and raised my kids and and I had a longing, you know, I, I felt kind of stagnant in my community, just going to AA meetings and being of service work and everything like that. And I, I asked myself, well, what can I do, right? What can I really do to help people? You know, mm-hmm. I think I need to help people in order to stay sober. So I decided to check out school and I was going to be an uh, addictions counselor. And mm-hmm. I got into that and the two-year program, actually the classes only offered there over the course of four years. Right. So I said, well, why don't I go be a social worker? Yeah. So I went in and I, worked at being a social worker and I got kicked out of social work program because they didn't appreciate my full criminal history. Yeah. So I had to pivot and uh, I kind of got a multidisciplinary studies uh, degree with emphasis in social work and sociology. And, and then I decided, well, while I'm here, I might as well uh, go for a master's. So I decided that if I wasn't gonna be able to do clinical work that I was gonna be do some fundamental change. Right, learn how to uh, do research and and was that a BSU? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and went through master's program, completed my master's studies for um, master master of health science, health promotion. So, and my specialty is uh, my thesis was uh, chronic homelessness, oh, yeah. co-occurring disorders, and uh, housing first. Oh yeah, there you go, man. You were right so, on. You were ahead of your time. So I'm, I was right on point with <laughs> all that. So. You really were. You so. really were. And I think you cross, You and I crossed paths when. Uh, that era when uh, a lot of the recovery centers were coming together. And I saw you as the culmination of coming together where peer was formed here locally. Yes. And that was really sort of an exciting time because was. everybody was coming together and all sorts of people were chipping in to kind of make this entity work. And I know it was exciting for me too, yeah. to be around that community. I'm amazed at how many of those people aren't really around anymore. Yes. Does, that, does that surprise you? It not? does surprise me. It does surprise me. Um, you know, uh, I was one of the uh, founding members of uh, a Pure Wellness Center yeah. here in town. And we were we were lucky enough and we, we worked really hard and, and scraped and, and, you know, rubbed elbows, coerced people, you know, arm wrestled people and, you know, to get the funding to get that place open and get it up and running. And, you know, it served a wonderful purpose so far. But yeah, a lot of the people aren't around anymore. That's right. And, and if you're listening to us and you don't know, there are nine of those centers. There are different names across the state, but there's one pretty much in every different, I guess, district there uh, throughout the state. But the local one here is Pure Wellness. Um, and they're, they they really do good work. We work with them still throughout the whole state. As, as, as do we. Yeah. yeah. And they've really matured, if you will, in terms of uh, addressing the needs of people who are you know, suffering with sort of addiction or just a, like a link-in place for people to drop yeah. into. So it was, like I said, it was a cool place. I, I'm struck by the fact, though, that some of those people I'm thinking about now, too, or some of our friends aren't here anymore. Yes. I mean, you know, the, yeah. the Don Hayes and the Mark Gornicks yes. and those kind of guys aren't yeah. here anymore. And, uh, some of that's the case, but some of us stick with this. Yes. And I think I'm interested in why some of us stick with this. I mean, you're, you were a restaurateur. You could have made more money in a restaurant. Yeah. You could have done more along those lines. You could have been more maybe financially successful. Yeah. Why did you stick with it? Um, I, I come to find, you know, um, you know, I was working in restaurants and I finished my master's program and uh, the pandemic hit. And when the pandemic hit, I was at home and I was going through a divorce and I was, what do I do with my time? Mm. What do I, what do I do with my time now? Right. So I said, well, I've always been, you know, volunteering all the time 
off and on, been hired on at Interfaith. So I went down to Interfaith and did some work down there. And during the pandemic, they were looking for somebody to run their recovery programs because the guy they had wasn't, wasn't able to do it because of uh, health concerns and stuff. So I, I went down there and, and shipped in and, and they hired me on full time and, and uh, moved my way into running the program itself. And it's, I, I you know, I, t- I tell my, my, my supervisors, I tell my boss and Jody and, and everybody, I love my job. Yep. I love my job because I have such feeling for these for the for the people that we we work with, right? Right. Because I was at that spot one time in my life, right? right? And uh, I can't think of anything else I'd rather be doing than helping people. And we have failures all the time. Oh yeah. We have heartbreak. <clears throat> we have tragedy every day down there, right? But the journey and the people and the quality of people that you know that we help. Just because they are without shelter, just because they are suffering from an addiction or co-occurring mental health disorder, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they aren't amazing, amazing, wonderful people, mm-hmm. right? And if I, you know, if I can help one person through that, if I can help one person be successful, my my whole existence is worth it. Right. So, yeah, I think you know, it's uh, it. Do, I find myself at times I'll think, what ever you'll come home sometimes you'll think, what in the world am I doing? Yeah. You know, this happened, this happened, this happened, and then it's just a really about that time. Something happens that just totally opens your eyes to what you've done, the impact you've had, yeah. or something that you've done, or something that you just planted a seed someplace, and all of a sudden it was there. I yeah. think I had a, a guy who you probably will see soon is kind of cruising around the streets too, and it's like I kept getting him mixed up with somebody. He kept saying, "No, you were, you remember me? You took me to a fish fry." And I go, "Yeah, I've never been to a fish fry." Yeah. You know, yeah. But when we finally did connect, I did see him, and he's really has a, the best energy. But he's just had trouble back and forth. He's a He's a vet. Yeah. He's having trouble finding the right spot to go, and yet he's going to have to work his way through your system to make it work. But yeah. he has the best attitude, and those are the kind of guys that you really want to go out of your way and say, "Absolutely, I, I, I'll do anything I can to get you the Absolutely. resources to make this successful for you this time because it wasn't before." And I know you had a great spirit then, but you still got that spirit. Yeah, and, and it's you know, and, and looking at the folks that you know manipulate the system somewhat. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they're 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 to survive, right? But yeah. you know, I look at the bigger picture on that. You know, uh, complex childhood trauma, right? What's what happened to them? Right. To put them in a position like this, and, and can we make a a breakthrough on that? Can we? break down that armor a little bit maybe we can get them and I've, we've been a little bit successful with some of that stuff so you know uh, i go to work with hope every day yeah um disappointment some days but you know what uh, it keeps me getting back up every morning i think that's one of the other things that i come across every once in a while it's like you can almost sit in front of me and let me just watch you or observe you and i can have three or four sentences yeah. and I've, i'm formulating what your issue is kind of going to be, and yeah. especially if you're trying to play me. Yeah. And when you're trying to play me, it's like, boy, that's just not going to work. You know, yeah. you're going to have to. I'm going to have to let's talk to somebody else here yeah. to see whether that works. Somebody else yeah. down the hall here, because you know that ain't going to work for me. Yeah. Thanks. I, call I, me when you need me. Yeah. yeah just call yeah, me when you need. Yeah. I'll see you next time. Yeah. I'll pick you up next time yeah. when you get out of prison. Yeah. Uh, I'll be there too. Just yeah. call me. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Some of the some of our best uh, advertisement, to be honest with you, is the people who've gone back in Mm -hmm. and they'll say, man, you should, when you get out, do this, you know, and increasingly we're spending more time in the prisons out there for different programs, which we're blessed to do. That's wonderful. And so people will come up to me and go, man, you know, when you did this and I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And I, I remember you, you remember, yeah. So, and surprisingly, thank you. Some of you listen to this radio show. They'd come up to me and they'd say, I listen to you all the time, man. I go, I said, you're the one that listens. I was wondering who that was, but you're, 
it's exactly that's the stuff that feeds you. You yeah. know, you think, oh, that's why I'm doing this. Yeah, I understand it. This is something you know I'll be doing long, probably long after retirement, right? On retirement uh, age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is something that's not work. It's yeah. it's passion. Yeah, right? it's actually that's uh, I always we're talking about me more than you, and I apologize for that. That's but okay. it's like. Uh, you know, I figure I'm going to do this sort of work uh, up until noon on the day of my funeral. You yes, know, it's I mean, like it's like this ain't going to stop. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about the person that's uh, potentially out there now or about to get out, and they're going to be homeless. They know they're going to be homeless. Uh, that's one of the it's not the saddest sort of situation for us, but we tend to give them what we can, but then we're putting them down in your arena yeah. of the the city. Uh, what is that like for somebody? Explain that a little bit and the challenges and well, those it, types of people. There's, there's, you know, there's, there's a bunch of challenges. I mean, we're uh, what one of three, four shelters. We mm-hmm. there's City Light and for the ladies and, and children. Then uh, there's uh, River of Life for the men. Then we have, uh, of, of course, we have our Red Line program for um, medically fragile and, and families. And uh, then we have our shelter, which is, uh, you know, men and women. Um, it, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to navigate. I mean, uh, there's not a whole, we're a small city, right? right? So there's not resources on every corner catering to the, the you know, the, the without shelter population, right? So, um, but we do have our fingers in everything, right? Um, as far as resources are concerned and, and how we, and we have a lot of connections with people. So we have some wonderful case managers at Interfaith um, that do some amazing work above and beyond. Um, and we can get people hooked into resources if they're, if they're coming out and they're struggling and they come down there. Um, we do have programs available for mental health and specifically, and then we have our addiction, our recovery program as well. Nikki, my, uh, my colleague, she runs the, uh, project well-being and i run project recovery and we're like co-captains on on the on the programming team down there um and we have you know we we get people stabilized that's the main things make sure they're stabilized right uh you come through our gate we'll help you get stabilized we'll help you get fed we'll help you get clothing we'll help you get id we'll help you get social security card um if you need to work we'll help you get to work if you need advocacy for your po we'll, we'll advocate for your with you for your po we will advocate for you to get into mental health treatment if you need to go see a, a mental health specialist um we'll do all that because those are the basic things we need to get locked down before we can start really working on getting income um and starting to think about what are we going to do right. you know how, how are we going to survive in the community how are we going to reintegrate into the community um and that's uh that's a big thing is, is you know we want to get people stabilized and also you know people think oh dang the shelter yuck 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 well we really try to make it a really safe place and a really welcoming place and we have a lot of camaraderie and we have a lot of um we have a lot of fun too all right. Uh, it's, it's not unusual to have birthday pizza parties and, and stuff like that for people. And we have movie night and this and that. So it's not just a, you know, coming in and we, we you know, warehouse you and then kick you out the next morning. Yeah. If you're working on programs, you're working on case management stuff, there's opportunities to grow and opportunities to get back out and connect to the community and, and, and get a good foothold and and hopefully never have to come back to shelter right isn't and so but there are those people who we drive by and we think oh yeah that's the same guy i saw before yeah and blending the the people who really want to change their life in with the other population that doesn't is that a difficult process or is that just standard or is that 
Well, we, it's not really so much blending, right? Um, people in programming, we, we house them separately within, mm-hmm. within the building itself. Um, although, you know, elbow to elbow during the day and during the evening, sometimes they might, they, they will, they will coexist. Right. Right. But I, you know, I think I like to use that as a tool though, as well, um, for the people that are really, you know, desiring change. It's like, okay. Um, you know, we have, take a look at this guy. We've been working with this guy for so many years and, you know, these are the opportunities he's had. These are, these are the things that are, that, that's, you know, that he's gone through down here as far as some of the trauma that he's incurred. So we try to put everything in perspective for everybody, right? Because the guy that we see every day down there, it's not that he's not getting services either, right? Because right. We, we are constantly trying to keep them safe. Um, and sometimes the system, they fall through the system and we are the only people that they have. Right. And so we'll keep them close. We'll keep them safe. We'll keep an eye on them. We'll get them to the doctor when they need to get to the doctor. We'll give them to, to their mental health meetings. Um, sometimes people have to be put on hold, you know, because uh, their mental health is so spiraling out of control and they're in that system. They get That's right. put through it. So we try, we, we love those people. And um, as far as co-mingling, to a certain extent, yeah, but we, yeah. We, we, we try to keep everybody safe and, and secure and, and healthy. But it seems like you're always coming up with uh, different kinds of new programming. I know that yeah. we're taking some of your artists, I know, and we're displaying their art at one of the yes. St. Vincent Paul uh, thrift stores down on State Street. And I think that's really a cool program yes. that people get all excited about doing. So, I mean, there are certain people who, you know, their venue for... Uh, feeling better about the world and connecting with it is through art and they do their art they bring it over to St. Vincent Paul and we sell it Yes, and so I mean those kinds of things have always been on the edge for you guys too in terms yeah. of always looking for something different yeah we're always looking to in- increase I mean we started pickleball we yeah. we, we have really? yeah we have pickleball three times two three times a week down down the shelter we've got pickleball courts and we have pickleball instructors and we have wow. pickleball equipment and we're going to really hopefully get uh, a lot of people involved in doesn't matter who it is down there come on in you see us playing pickleball come on in how about that right so we have uh, pickleball down there and it's really you know on the cutting trend of society it's like well you know people that are a little activity and they have a little bit of fun i mean you you can't be just sitting around all day down there and go oh man this sucks right let's do something fun you know you you know you you we feed you every day so let's let's do something fun you have energy come on you know let's get a little healthy and and people smile and people have a good time and people feel equal and they feel like they belong right and that's the big thing um we have our lgbtq meetings that we're opening up on Sundays down there. Um, Ray is, is running those meetings as well. We're expanding that. We're expanding. We have the, the old Phoenix building for the next year. Yeah, that's right. So we were expanding services into there. We were, um, we're doing some night um, classes and some night programming for, for people that maybe not doesn't don't have access to it during the day if they have to work or they have other things to do. So we're always expanding and hopefully get people involved and, and uh, you know, help and people. Tell me the uh, I, people are confused about the relationship with you guys in Corpus Christi. Yeah. Tell me about that relationship. How does that work? The Corpus, you know, they're like our they're like our left hand over there. Right. I mean, you know, we work back and forth very very closely with right. with Corpus Christi. We know the same people. We work with the same people every day. Right. Um, and you know, we have a great relationship with. with but there's Corpus. no direct link. No, there's no direct link. Um, although we know everybody over there and they know yeah. us very well. But you know, if there's something going on at Corpus and they they need our help, they'll call us and and we'll do likewise so yep i thought so good because i always think that's a something that people don't understand so yeah that's a great partnership we have with corpus down there they're they're a whole separate entity 
Tell me about examples of something that uh, you can do recently, a couple of story or two about somebody that comes through, that's come through, that's been positive. Uh, I'm thinking again about a person who's potentially walking around the track now at the one of the institutions out there, and they're saying, man, I'm going down there, what am I going to do? And tell me how somebody's done something that's been positive and gotten out of it. Well, yeah, there's a... I mean, a lot of it depends on you, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's in your heart to change your life and fix this around, but... Tell me something that's kind of been absolutely. I mean, we we've have you know we have a, a a long list of folks that 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 have come through. Um, I think uh, one of the uh, excellent uh, example is I'm not sure he would. I don't think he ever went to uh, the penitentiary here, but he he's been around. He uh, he came to our program. He was lost. He was a severe alcoholic, wandering the streets. Um, had some pretty tough mental health stuff going on. He's one of the regulars you saw every day. Yeah. Right. And uh, he uh, decided to give our program a try and, and kept attending, kept attending and asked for help. And and he did really well in the program, but he had a mental break right towards the end of his, you know, treatment thing. He had kind of a mental break and uh, he had a fundamental change in him. We got him stabilized again. And then he moved back home to his mother. And now he's basically running a mosque. He's Muslim. Really? He sends pictures all the time of him and his family, and he's really um, immersed himself in his religion, and he's doing very, very well. And we love that. Um, we have uh, we have another guy that's been to prison several times, um, and he runs our food program now. There you go. And he came into our program, and uh, he's retried. He's been through many programs. He's been in and out of prison for years. He, you know, he knows the system inside and out, and uh, pretty severe methamphetamine addiction um he came into my program and uh he relapsed the first day he was coming into the main treatment portion of my program he was waiting for me at the front door when i got to work that day and he goes hey i got my stuff packed up uh i know uh, uh, you're gonna probably kick me out i'm ready to go i used last night i'm like oh come to class okay. right so we worked with him and, and said hey man you need you know you need to stay busy and stay stay connected with us and he took everything to heart and he started using the tools and he volunteered for like two, three months just working in the food truck. And, so now he and, runs it. And now he runs it now. And he's got his own place to live. He's got his own house. He's got his own vehicle. He's got his own life. Um, and he runs his program. And he stays sober and he uses the tools. And uh, that's been wonderful. And that's what we try to do, too, is we try to have people stay connected with us, too. When they're successful through our programs, they come back. They can come back. And we want them to come back. We want them to be a part of our community. We want them. To, we are community, right? Right. Uh, to help other people. Well, listen, we're going we're gonna to just about out of time. But I want to thank you for coming in and wish you. I know you guys are still in the transition. It seems like your number keeps going up for money yes. for the new site. But we wish you all the well in terms of making that work. and It's always great and, um, working with you, Mark. Yeah, it's always no, great. Yeah, it's fun. And, like I said, we'll bring you back. And uh, like I said, this he's one of the good guys. Yes. Uh, thank you for coming. No problem. Through Jesus there's victory All the chains that were holding me Kept me locked in captivity Have been broken by grace so free when he poured out his cleansing blood, motivated by his great love, give me faith I need to rise above and sing a song of how I've overcome. I've got victory over sin, bringing peace to the fight. 
Okay, if you need to reach out to me or you want me to connect you up with Terrence, I'll be happy to do so. You can do it at www.systemicchangeofid.com. You can send me an email at systemicchangeofidaho. It's all spelled out there at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Systemic Change of ID. Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. Man, you can even call me on the phone if you want to at area code 208 477 1006. Look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.